Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is Hammond and Jessica, and you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you give $5 a month, you can get access to ad-free episodes, and we appreciate your support. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, I was looking through stories for this week, and they all seem like heavy. Yeah. Which I'm like, we could do one of these stories and last the entire time. Yeah. So it's just a matter of where you want to start. A couple of these I just mentioned before we started recording, and they are grim. They are very, very grim. Um, fun, I, wait, can I start with yeah. a fun anecdote? That means nothing, but yes. it's just going to lighten the mood. I'm currently reading a book called The Witch of Blackbird Pond. Have you heard of it? It's no. like a YA like book about a girl in early America, pre- okay. pre-revolutionary America. Because in seventh grade, I was supposed to read it for like a reading challenge, and I didn't, and I lied about Just it. Just getting and around to it now. I felt guilty about it for 25 <laughs> years, so I'm now reading it. Guess what? Very good. Of nice. course. <laughs> See? See how light and happy we are? What do you got for me, bud? <laughs> let's talk about genocide. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's start with uh, Utah, just because uh, this one isn't as heavy. Yeah. Um. They're going through a drought right now in yes. uh, large parts of Utah. It's there. You can't really do anything about that. But they have a Republican governor, uh, Spencer Cox, who this weekend is issuing a proclamation. Mm. Uh, is it a proclamation? It's some some version of that. But basically, he says in a does video. Does it say hereby anywhere? I'm sure because that's a proclamation. Yeah. Uh, we need more rain. We need it now. He said, I've already asked all Utahns to conserve conserve water by avoiding long showers, fixing leaky faucets, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. All of that. Like, they've tried to do the normal things that mm-hmm. you can do. Mm-hmm. It hasn't helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Cox is declaring a weekend of prayer from Friday through Sunday in hopes that the clouds will open to replenish depleted reservoirs and bring moisture to a parched landscape. Prayer is powerful, Cox's mm-hmm. declaration states, and I encourage all Utahns, regardless of religious affiliation, to join together on this weekend of prayer. Like, I get that you are kind of running out of options here. Yeah. Is this a problem when a governor who has tried to do normal stuff? Right. I'm not saying he hasn't done anything. Right. He's tried to do normal stuff. hasn't worked. You can't change the weather. Mm-hmm. You work for a party that abandons climate change and doesn't think it's a real issue. That's sure. a, that's a yeah, that's not unrelated we'll issue. Yeah. But then saying, all right, I figured out what we can do. Yeah. No. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't know. Does he know the clouds are not listening? No, I know. What? It's stupid and it's not going <laughs> to help. But like... I mean, this is, what did we talk about last week that people were so desperate? Oh, oh, oh no, In I'm Shreveport, Louisiana, Shreveport, Louisiana, they were doing a prayer thing to stop crime. You know what yes. happened that weekend, last weekend? Murders. Crime went up, uh-huh. yes. Um, I mean, I think this is exactly how religion is 
sort of supposed to work of like in theory you try everything you can do and then you like let go and let god <laughs> which that that feels like a thing a lot of people do on smaller scale personally all right, right. fine you uh, waste your time how you I, want to i get it i think there is an element of feeling like you're doing s- so the, the thing we talk about with prayer a lot is people say oh i will pray for you and that is in lieu of actually doing anything actionable yeah. right like thoughts I will- and prayers after a mass shooting exactly um I think in the, I don't know why I'm like trying to. Are give you them the mad at this guy, or are you just like rolling your eyes at him? I'm rolling my eyes at him okay. because like people who are scared and desperate do scared and desperate things, and if they've tried everything they can do, like like I said, so when people say thoughts and prayers in lieu of doing something else, that sucks. But this is the reverse of that. We've done everything we can. All we have left is like crossing our fingers. Sure. And if he just admitted that, look, we're out of options. Let's try something stupid. Oh, you don't think that was an admission of that? <laughs> We've tried you, everything. I wish that was one I, of the hereby's. Yeah. No, but to me, it feels very much like, yeah, we don't know. So maybe prayer? I mean, if he said it that way, all right, fine. You can't say it you that way. absolutely could. It, and, okay, imagine if a non-Christian, non-Mormon, oh. I assume Spencer Cox is more, I don't actually know. It doesn't matter. That's a good point. Imagine if a non-Christian governor said, listen, we're out of options. I'm asking everyone to hold off on prayers for like three days mm-hmm. because God's not on our side right now. So, you know, I, obviously mm-hmm. that would be newsworthy. Yeah. That would upset people. For someone to say, look, I'm not saying just pray to Jesus or pray to the Christian God. Pray. I don't care what religion you are. Right. Just pray to my God. Like, but he, I don't think he understands. Did he just say pray? He just said pray. He didn't pray say to God. He said, regardless of religious affiliation, atheists, you know, pray to whoever. This is another classic. I'm not going to get my hackles off about this. Let I'm me, so mad about so many things. Just to give you a brief history, because oh. this is hardly the first time this has happened. Okay. Um, well, his you, predecessor. You're tricking me with context? Yes. His predecessor, the Republican who was the governor before him in Utah, did the same thing in 2018 to offset dry weather conditions. It did not work. What? Uh, Georgia Governor Sonny Perdue in 2007 did the same thing. That failed. And then I think he became like Secretary of Agriculture, where you're like, what the hell's going Mm, on? Sure. In 2011, Rick Perry, who was the governor of Texas at the time, asked God for rain. And there was no rain for the next four months, Uh-oh. and then after four months, it did rain, and you know what Fox News said? It worked. It worked. And I think this is the thing that I, like you, I, I'm i pretty much rolling my eyes at what Spencer Cox is doing now. Is it a big deal? Eh, no, it's, it's a waste of time is what right. it is, but it's not like angering me so much. Okay. But what is going to anger me is like a month from now or when they several weeks from now for, when they take credit when it finally does rain. But it's honestly, like, see, at that it point, was because of this. But at that point, I would rather people have rain than feeling smug about how prayers don't work. You can do both. Yeah, that's true. Also, I was just looking him up. He is Mormon. Okay. Um, and oddly, when I was looking, I was just scrolling through his like Wikipedia shit. And it says movies, Saturday's Warrior. So he was in a 2016... Are you looking up the governor's IMDb? No, I was looking up his Wikipedia, oh, like a regular okay. person. All right. Um, and apparently it's a religious... Uh, Saturday's Warrior is a religiously musical written about the, uh, the Mormon church, and he was either directed, produced by... 
I don't yeah, care. I don't know. Anyway, he was involved in that, so maybe we should watch that sometime. <laughs> I think the thing that made me mad about Saturday's this guy warrior. is when he was running for office. Uh-huh. Uh, it's one of those things where if you're a Republican governor who's more or less sane, uh, you have no problem becoming governor against whoever the Democrat is. And when they were campaigning, him and the Democrat did an ad together where they're like, he's a Republican, he's a Democrat, and we disagree but we both get along and we're going to run a fair campaign and whatever. And it was like a kumbaya type of ad. I think that made me mad. I don't care that it's Utah and maybe their political differences aren't a big deal or because it's so overwhelmingly Republican. Right. It's like, sure, it we, can, we can put out this olive branch. No, we don't care. I mean, this is the... That made me mad. The bipartisanship. It's like, no, you are not friends. Yeah. Stop acting like it. There's I, a big difference. I think the reason that a lot of people get angry... About, I, I think the p- people who are tend to be a little more marginalized get angry about things like that. I, I remember when Ellen sat with... Obviously, Ellen's a whole other bag of <laughs> crap now. But when she was sitting with one of the Bushes, the live one probably... Yeah, um, George W. George in his, w. Like, football and, box. Right. And it's like, oh, see, they can be friends. Isn't this whatever? But like, yeah. no, she's sitting next to a man who fundamentally doesn't believe that she should have the same rights as him. And she's right. just rich enough not to care because it's not a problem with her. Yeah. So it's so when people are like, see, the way Republican. When Senator- Kirsten Cinema or Joe Manchin is like, bipartisanship is important. No, what? these people are not your friends. They are not here to be with you and move the country in the same direction forward. And it harkens back to people who are like, yeah, in the 60s, like, we would argue on the Senate floor and then we'd all go out for drinks afterwards. And it's like, oh, so you were treating people's rights like a game. Yeah. You you are you're willing, like, it it makes it feel very callous and makes it feel like you're playing a game of chess that happens to involve my uterus, which I didn't consent to. <laughs> um, and I think that's why I find those things frustrating. Of like, if the Republican Party wasn't actively trying to harm everybody I love then fine, yes. You don't have to be an asshole to them, but you don't have to pretend that these are mild political differences. Right, exactly. Anyway, uh, let's get to this Virginia teacher who uh, is in the news for all the bad reasons. His Mm. name is Byron Tanner Cross. I think he goes by Tanner Cross. He's a right-wing Christian who is a gym teacher at Leesburg Elementary School in Virginia. Um, And what is going on is the school board that that school is a part of Recently passed policies basically saying, hey, we need to address trans kids. Mm-hmm. We, ha- we don't have that in our policies. So mm-hmm. they said, yeah, we expect staff to use the pronouns. Mm-hmm. We expect them. Uh, oh, we expect that trans students, athletes can mm-hmm. play on the correct team, Good. which goes beyond what the state requires. State mm-hmm. does require the um, like treat kids with respect. Yeah. So anyway, they were like passing their own policy, their mm-hmm. version of that. They mm-hmm. even went beyond it. Fine. So this teacher, uh, Tanner Cross, goes to the school board meeting and during the public comment section, here's what he says. This is a short part of what he says. Uh, We condemn school policies like that one because it will damage children, defile the holy image of God. I love all of my students, but I will never lie to them regardless of the consequences. I am a teacher, but I serve God first. And I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa because it is against my religion. It's lying to a child. It is abuse to a child, and it is sinning against our God. So he makes that speech. Just to be clear, he didn't do anything in the classroom. He hasn't bullied a child. No one's complaining that he did something. But he said that. And this is important because this is the argument that he's making. He's saying this was a public comment section I disagree with the policy. This is the forum 
at which people can disagree with the policy. So I have done nothing wrong here. I have not broken any rules. Mm. After he did that, parents complained to the school, and apparently uh, multiple parents, we don't have a specific number, said, I want that guy, (laughs) the gym teacher, to have, quote, no contact with their children because of his comments. Yes, good. I don't know that their kids are trans, but honestly... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Like, I don't want a guy like that around my kids. And what the school did is they said when this sort of disruption happens, our policy is that we suspend the teacher with pay Mm -hmm. um, because we got to investigate this, make sure, Sure. you know, got to do whatever. Due diligence when children are involved. So he was. Did you say this was high school? uh, He works at the elementary school, but it's a large district. Okay. So the district suspended him with pay while they look into the matter. And now he's suing the district. Um, and he's framing... Uh, so they haven't a, even fired him yet? They have not fired him yet. Um, now, they were meeting yesterday night, Thursday night, to discuss the case. I don't know if they decided anything yet. But basically, his lawsuit was framed as uh, whether schools can punish a teacher for objecting as a private citizen to a proposed policy in a forum designed for the purpose of considering whether to implement such policies, blah, blah, blah. He's basically saying, this is my religion. This is a free speech issue because I was complaining about a policy I didn't like in a forum designed for that. I have not done anything to students. Why are you being, why are you suspending me at all? And possibly uh, firing me, I guess, though it seems a little fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you usually sue after you get fired for getting fired. Um, Yeah, fuck this guy. He can go... (laughs) Kick a lemon. Yeah, fuck this guy. Absolutely do? not. Uh, I tried to say suck a lemon and kick rocks, um, Here. and it just went awry. Here's where I, I'm going to step away from the law side of this and talk about the ethics of this, because here's a yeah. guy basically announcing in advance, if there is a trans student in my classroom... I will not treat them kindly. I will not treat them kindly. I'm going to misgender them mm-hmm. on purpose being a Christian doesn't grant you immunity to that. No. If you're in the classroom... Public school classroom, you have an obligation to follow the rules of the district. Your religion yeah. doesn't supersede like treating kids with respect. And if he's announcing that in advance, I feel like we shouldn't have to wait for this guy to bully a kid when he says, I'm totally going to do this, given the chance. If a, if a dude buys a gun and says, I'm planning on shooting up the Best Buy... You cannot give him that gun before he actually shoots anybody. Right, you don't have like, to wait for him to do the murder right, before exactly. you say there is like, reason to stop you. I mean, I, I think this speaks a little bit to the progress that we, well, so far to go, but progress that trans people have made in the last 10 years. Because I feel like five years ago, even 10 years ago, this was a conversation we were having about, like, if it was just gay students, hey, mm-hmm. we, we have to respect students who are attracted to the same gender, and this guy did the same thing. Like, I don't think anybody would hesitate in saying, like, that guy can't be around kids, and certainly not around queer kids. And no one's asking him to affirm trans kids. No one's asking him to change his views or anything. They're saying, if you have a student who goes by a pronoun, mm-hmm. you should use it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? Yeah. That goes against what Jesus said when he said, hate the trans kids. Well, because Christian people want to do exactly what they want to do and help nobody and inconvenience themselves, not at all. And as soon as that doesn't happen, it's persecution. And, and by the way, he may have been objecting as a private citizen at that meeting, but you, You're not his fucking objection- Superman. You're <laughs> the same person. Yeah, he, even if he was a private citizen in that capacity, he was saying, I'm going to do harm as a teacher mm-hmm. in this district that employs me. 
He like, said, I will not follow this rule. Yeah. In my experience, when you refuse to follow rules, generally, you're not welcome back at your establishment <laughs> of work. Unless it's a... But, like, he thinks it's... He thinks he's being noble. He's not. He's being a twat. Yeah. He attends uh, a place called Cornerstone Chapel, a megachurch, non-denominational megachurch. And the pastor, Gary Hamrick, of that church Uh-oh. last weekend, this is after he made those comments. Okay. Uh, Tanner uh, Cross made those comments at the school board. And then the next church meeting, the pastor gets on stage and basically talks about this. He denounces members of the school board, basically Fuck. urging his church, like, you need to vote these people out. Actually, he didn't say that. He said they need to be held illegal. accountable. And uh, there's mm, argument so like that's a snaky, guys. call for violence, which Ooh. he didn't say that. They're like saying, when yeah. you say our church needs to take care of these school board members, people are like, that's weird language. But yeah. the thing that he said... He said, um, they are subject, they being the school board, they are subjecting kids to sexually explicit materials, talking about sec, uh, sex education, and they are already talking about introducing racially divisive curriculum, which is like curriculum that Don't acknowledges racism. people have racism. other shit to be doing? Uh, you tell me, I've never seen you doing anything else. <laughs> he said, the pastor said, they are emotionally abusing our children by perpetuating the lie about gender confusion when they affirm pronouns that are contrary to biology, reality, and the beautiful design of God. Oh, so they Christ. need to be held accountable, and it's time to step up, church. Um, which, again, best case scenario, you're basically telling them how to vote in a school board election, which is not allowed no, if don't. you want to keep your tax exemption. Or, or you're, you're telling inciting them to, a riot, which yeah, I don't feels know like a pretty extreme but reading of that. But The weirdest thing about that is this guy's birth name is Byron. And he's like, call me Tanner. My name is Tanner. It's like, oh, uh, oh, really? You don't yeah. like what's on your birth certificate or yep. you don't go by it. So yep. you ask people to call you something else. You of all people should acknowledge like, oh, I, you should call me by the name I go by and not what you think oh, I should go by. That's such a good point. Oh, Emmett. this guy. Oh, what a twat. Okay. More high school evil coach people news. Okay. I don't know. There's a bunch of these. Okay. <laughs> these are really good chapter titles. <laughs> Uh, in Ohio, there is McKinley Senior High School, big public high school. They have a football team that's one of the most winningest programs of all time. Uh, so they've been around for a while. They know how to do football, you would think. <sighs> like, it's, it's big enough that their football team has eight coaches. Jesus. Like, it's a big team. You said this is a high school? High school, yeah. Where is it? Uh, Ohio somewhere. Oh, so yeah. there is a 17-year-old football player. And I guess the story is, we don't know the name. It's not public. It doesn't need to be because he's underage. Yeah. He chose not to attend an optional practice session. So that the normal response would so be, far, all right. Sounds good. Yeah. So like several days later, there was a not optional practice and mm-hmm. he went to that. But when he went there, he was basically punished for not attending the optional practice. And how was he punished? His coaches, an unnamed number of those eight coaches, so said, coaches. we're going to make you eat an entire pizza. And if you don't do it, the rest of the team has to run extra drills, do extra drills, which is annoying, like run a lap, run up a mountain, whatever it is mm, that yes. they make kids do. You know a lot about football, I see. Uh-huh. Lots and, of mountains in football. <laughs> and it wasn't just a pizza. They said, here's a pepperoni pizza, eat it. But this kid is a, a Hebrew Israelite, which is a religious movement. Oh, that, I was wondering why we're talking Among about this. other things, says you can't eat pork. And the coaches should have known this because they've had team dinners in the past where the kid's like, I can't eat pork. And then he gets something else. Yeah, yeah. That's not weird. 
But all you all we care about is okay. Here's a kid whose religion says he can't eat pork, and the coaches are like, "You better eat this pepperoni pizza, or else your teammates are gonna get it." So the kid is allowed to pick off the pepperoni. That's not how that but works. But if you've though. been around any vegetarians, yeah. you know that's not how it works. You can't just pick the. It, there's residue. Yeah, there's it's grease. Stuff. It's grease. Call it grease. It's gross. Yeah, I eat it, but it's disgusting. And so then he had to eat the pizza. Jesus fuck. And so now, um, the players' parents are planning to sue the district. They yeah. have not done it yet. The school, in the meantime, I I guess one coach. I don't know which one basically found out about this and told the district, like, what the fuck are my colleagues doing here? Mm -hmm. And now all eight coaches have been suspended. Good. Uh, I think five of them actually worked in the district as staffers. So they were suspended with pay. Uh The other three are volunteer or maybe outside coaches. They were just suspended. So all of them are suspended pending an investigation Uh because they want to find out, like, who decided this was a good idea, who needs to be fired, if anybody. All of them. uh, Again, one of those coaches is the one who ratted out everybody. So, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know who's... No, that's not true. He shouldn't (laughs) be fired. But I still, like... It's Ohio. You can find another fucking football coaching job. <laughs> Just wave your hands around. Yeah, you will exactly. Find three of them. You'll find a football. Uh, the family's <laughs> lawyer, Ed Gilbert, said that the student, the 17-year-old student, I mean, he's good enough that he's attracted college football scholarship offers. This isn't some random kid. Yeah. Not that it matters. Um, he's in therapy because of this episode, yeah. according to the lawyer. And uh, this is from the lawyer. I don't know what was in this coach's mind, speaking of the head coach. I mean, in today's society, you respect people's religious beliefs. You do not make fun of them or make an issue of that. And I just don't know where this coach's head is. I understand. That's very mild. That is totally mild. But I agree with the sentiment, I guess. (laughs) And also, it was a voluntary practice. Why is he being punished? It's not one of those, like, wear more flair. We didn't put it in the policy rule book. We just, we expect you to do it. Right. Like, no, if you want them to come to it. Temporary references as ever, Hammond. Yeah, no, this sucks. I... God, would this not be considered assault? Like forcing somebody to eat something against their will? Like there, there's no way that's legal. I mean, it wouldn't have been a good idea even if it was a cheese pizza. It's well, a listen, stupid punishment. It's layered. Why are the coaches hazing one of their players? It's layered as to why it's bad. The pe- <laughs> Making a kid eat a full pizza for skipping a voluntary practice. Or else with the threat that your teammates, we're going to, Turn them against them you run. if you don't. I have so many thoughts. I like, just, it's a stupid coaching idea. It's a stupid punishment. Well, all it was it's a doing voluntary is practice. it's sowing discord among your team, which is yeah. not traditionally how teams are Bad supposed leadership. to do. I've seen Ted Lasso. <laughs> I'm curious if the other players knew this was happening and if any of them Oh, I assumed it was up. in front of them. I, I don't know. Oh, that's like, even more it's sinister. One of those, it's one of those things where because it involves minors... And because sure. it involves public school coaches, it's harder. It's to... so hard to figure out what's actually going Ew. on here. We don't know all the details. I so. kind of find it more sinister if they like pull him into an office, which <laughs> with just like three or four of the coaches, and make him eat a pizza. Like that is even. It's differently fucked up because like yeah. doing it in front of the kids as a show, like it, I mean, it's horrible. But it, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to razz this guy in the worst possible way, but just like. Excuse me, Nathan, can I please bring you into my office? <laughs> Here's a pizza for you, or everybody runs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's disturbing. Yeah, it's fucked. Um, 
All right, I'm moving on. I I wish I could give you more closure to that story, yeah. but because so many details have yet to be figured out, yeah. and we don't know what the school's going to do, we don't even know if they're mm-hmm. going to release any report other than say, right. here's what we've done with the coaches. Yeah. Oh, hey, speaking of football, NFL, congratulations for no longer assuming that black people are inherently less intelligent than white people and taking that out of your rules in the year of our Lord 2021. Congrats, NFL Always on the bleeding edge of justice. You have the you NBA where players wear like Black Lives Matter jerseys <laughs> right? and they're totally fine with yeah. the players doing that. Then you have the NFL. It's like, ah, we should maybe change this rule that yeah. doesn't hold up. I listen, the NFL is basically like the big bad guy from James Bond for me. Like they just everything they do feels horrible and sinister and intending to cause pain. Uh yeah. I just finished the book Mediocre, um, and uh, it had a lo- it's about how white men ruin everything, which I did not write that book. I know everybody's surprised by that. Oh, God, what's the author's name? Uh, anyway, I will look yeah. it up. Um, but she did a whole amazing... She wrote So You Want to Talk About Race, which I think is a better book, but this is very good as well. Anyway, um, she just talked about how fucked the NFL is oh, and yeah. how, like, the leadership... Like, it... Did you know... Do you know when the last... Um, the last football team to uh, uh, m- black and white players playing together. What's that called? Um, S- like, God damn Integration. It. Integration. Do you know when the last team was integrated in the NFL? No. Take a wild guess. I thought it would have happened a long time ago. 1969. And it was only because the law made them, and <laughs> it was the Redskins, and it was a guy who changed the name to the Redskins to be a dick. They were the last ones on the integration. Yeah, fuck the NFL. All right. (laughs) That's the end of that. Let's go to uh, Willow Creek Church. It's a big mega church outside of Chicago. We talked about them a couple years ago. North suburbs? Yeah, northwest suburbs. So in 2018, they made headlines. This is, just to give you background, if you're not familiar with this church, huge mega church, Mm -hmm. uh, arguably one of the most influential churches in the country because when they do stuff, all these other mega churches Mm -hmm. follow what they're doing. Founded by a guy named Bill Hybels, who wasn't political. He's kind of like Rick Warren, where he has a big stature. Maybe you've heard of him. Um, But he's not one of those, like, I'm a Republican, and I'm going to use my platform to push political things. Mm -hmm. It's all about Jesus for me. So, like, in terms of the hierarchy of evil pastors and, like, influential, but kind of, unless you're in the Christian circuit, you might not know about them. This guy was on that side of the spectrum. Like, if you're not a Christian, there's a good chance you don't know who he is. If you are Christian, you think he's a big deal. Right. Okay. In March of 2018, beginning in the Chicago Tribune, we found out a lot of women who had worked with him. Mm. They didn't say he assaulted them, but they said he totally overstepped his boundaries. Things like hitting on them, um when they were in private together, uh, crossing a lot of lines, suggesting, you know, imagine a very awkward guy trying to hit on a bunch of women Mm -hmm. when he is in a position of power that he is. I don't need to imagine I've witnessed it. (laughs) And a bunch of these women spoke with the Chicago Tribune about this. And that started like a big problem because like, I mean, this is not just a pastor. This is a big shot, big Mm -hmm, deal pastor. mm -hmm. Um, Months later, the New York Times followed up with another report from one of his uh, assistants who said she was his assistant in the 80s. He sexually harassed her. He groped her. Like, it was way more serious Uh than, like, flirt flirtation that went out of hand. Mm -hmm. So, like, 
he's not just a guy saying things that are mm-hmm. awkward or something. He's a guy doing things that are wrong. Right. And he, at this point, basically, without it, such a long story, but, I mean, he denied everything. His hand-picked successors, because he was about to retire anyway, uh-huh. he had two hand-picked successors. They stood by his side while he denied everything. Sure. They eventually decided, we can't do this, we quit. Really? They, they decided to step, both of them. Um, the entire uh, because of his, I think that had a lot to do with it. Though they didn't really talk about that. Okay. I think they were more fed up with how the church was handling all of this. Um, I'm not saying those two pastors were the bad people. Mm-hmm. It's that they're like, we need to make some serious changes. Sure, but the board, the elders sure. of this church, are not making the changes we need. And I'm uh, fed up with this. Elders are the dragging elders. their heels. That's so weird for elders. All of the elders had to resign eventually. Like. Imagine the biggest, most influential megachurch going through a total overhaul of everything. Mm -hmm. So that was all in 2018. For the next year, it was like just mass chaos in this church. Uh And good. Like they deserved every bit of that. Um, And I have a lot of questions for anyone who remains a part of a church like that Mm -hmm. when they're doing all this. Like how much do you have to be like, well, the church is good. Let's just get rid of every single person at the top and Mm -hmm. then everything will be fine. So anyway. keep the husk of this church going. (laughs) Yeah. So they eventually hired a a, a pastor from somewhere far, far away. And they're like, you run everything now. And as far as I've seen from the day this guy was hired, any conflict that's gone on has been like, we don't like the changes he's making because he's getting rid of a small satellite church here. And that means a pastor is fired, basically. Sure. And so we don't like those moves. But like, whatever, that happens anytime there's a new management. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, those are the types of controversies I've seen this guy involved in. His uh, name is uh, Dave Dummett. Um, that's it. So like, he's just, he's in charge of the whole church. Mm-hmm. He's making moves that he thinks are right. People don't like it. That's not weird. That happens anytime. So anyway, he was, they do weekly or monthly meetings with like the core members of their church because they're big enough that they have like the church and mm-hmm. then the, the small group of church leaders uh, and volunteers and people who give a lot of their lives to this place. Uh-huh. He was meeting last week with those members. He's on stage. He is alongside a pastor, Sean Williams, who I think works with more of the youth side of everything. Okay. So they're on stage taking questions from the audience. Let's talk about where our church is going. That's all fine and good. One of the questions that comes up that they're reading from their computer, I guess people can send in questions, is how come the name Bill Hybels doesn't come up anymore in this church? Like, how come we don't talk about him anymore? Okay. So... I would think, here, here's my attempt at answering that question, if I am in their shoes. Okay. Um, they do not pay me. I'm not on their payroll. This is what I would say if they did. Uh, we don't talk about him because he sexually harassed a bunch of women, and we're ashamed that he was allowed to get away with it for so long. And our jobs have been to figure out how to move forward as a church and mm-hmm. make sure everybody here, especially women, feels safe. I mean, he, Bill Hybels was a part of the church's past. Mm-hmm. He is not a part of this church's present or future. And that's why we don't talk about him. Like, we will acknowledge he founded this church and made it what it is. And now he's not going to be a part of it because he's a monster. Yeah, that's great. I, right, right. That's not what they said. Oh. Um, here's what, uh, basically, uh, Dummett, the, the main guy, mm-hmm. is like, All right, you can answer this one to the other guy. <laughs> Jokingly, jokingly, but the other guy wanted to answer the question. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you go right ahead. Okay, fine. Here's what that guy says. Um, 
It's a long answer. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll read a part of it. What I recognize is there are a lot of landmines that I don't even know what they are, and I find them out when I step on them, okay? And I have. I've stepped on a lot of them in the past 10 months, unintentionally, but I have. I recognize that this can also be a very polarizing reality within our congregation. I've talked to people that just can't understand why Bill was treated the way Bill was treated. Uh-oh. I've also talked to those that just can't really understand or wrap their heads around those who were victims and were deep, affected deeply. Dot, dot, dot. Everybody has very emotional opinions. He's, like, playing what? both sides here, saying, like, there are a lot of people who don't think he should have... I'm paraphrasing now. Yeah. Who don't think he should have resigned or that he didn't do anything wrong and are mad about it. And then there are the victims and people who are like, yeah, let's listen to the women. And it's very hard. And, you know, I, I'm i the new guy. Look, I don't even go to the church. Right, 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 right. And I know enough about the landmines. How are you working for this company? And, like, I don't, I, I'm afraid. I don't yeah. know what's going on here. What is who this church? Who touched I didn't Google this place yeah. before I worked Except here. to the job, yeah. Now, f- Oh, Jesus by the way, God. he added... Um, I've met Bill Hybels twice and he, he's basically saying, I don't really know the guy. So I feel weird talking about him. That's what he was trying to get at. What he said is I've met Hybels twice. Once was pretty personally life changing. He called Hybels a once in a generation leader, but you know, there's a quote shadow on that leadership. Um, and then when it comes to holding those conflicting ideas in your head, he said, I think it's actually possible to hold both. No, it's not. You either believe that a man took advantage of his position to harm women physically and emotionally, or you don't. Like, you don't... This isn't a both sides thing. Like, I I think with some distance, you can say... Like, I I think we're working right now in reconciling this person did important things, but was also a monster, right? Like, George Washington is a good example of, like, "Mm, he invented America or whatever. (laughs) But (laughs) That's the right way to put it. Thank you. But I've seen Hamilton a lot. Um, But he also was a slave owner, and that's bad. And we can hold both of those things because we've, because it was like 200 years ago and we don't have to really think about it. Like it's, it's not something we have to deal with in the present. Would George Washington be our president now? Probably not. We tend to frown upon people owning each other. However, when it's happening now, he's fucking fine. This guy is going to be fine. Your concern, because what you're saying to the women in your, in your congregation is like, this poor guy, he got caught doing, he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar yeah. and he got in trouble and everyone's so mad. No, no, no. He made women uncomfortable to be at the place they should be most comfortable. And sexually harassed at least one right. beyond words. Whom he worked with. Whom he worked, who, who worked with. Who for him. Had a position of power over her. Right. Like, this man is a bad person. Maybe he did good things, but that doesn't mean that you can both sides him to death. Yeah. And if you're the head pastor now, uh, Dave Dummett, who... You just let this younger guy say these stupid things. This is a good time to jump in and yes. correct the record. Here's what he says. Uh, I paraphrase. He basically said, I couldn't have put it any better. And then he adds, and I'm quoting, we got to get there at the right time in the right way. Men are so obsessed with protecting each other. <laughs> they are so fucking obsessed with making sure nobody gets in trouble for anything that will sacrifice everybody in I, that interest. Here's me projecting here. Like, I'm trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Either they're stupid enough not to have any opinion, or they try very hard not to have any opinions on him. Mm-hmm. Um, or they realize they are not just in church. They are in a church gathering with the most hardcore members of this church, many of whom 
knew this guy, mm-hmm. uh, Hybels. So, like, the last thing they want to do, if I'm trying to put myself in their shoes, the last mm-hmm. thing they want to do is alienate their hardcore members by trashing the abuser guy. So that's why they're, like, uh, tiptoeing around so the issue. So fucking noble, these men. Yeah, but that's kind of the issue. Here's a church that went through a more or less complete overhaul of its leadership years ago. Mm-hmm. And what are the new people doing? The same, same shit. shit. They haven't learned a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you bring in the new people to, at le- I mean, it's easier for him to say, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's part of the past. I know a lot of you know him. Mm-hmm. Guess what? He's a monster. Mm-hmm. And that's why we don't talk about him. We're not proud of what he did. I'm glad he was nice to you. He was not nice to a lot of people. <laughs> There's so many mind. ways you can handle this. Right. And they did none of them. Like, if they're part of the broken culture now, like, they haven't changed a thing, right. which, again, makes me go back to why the hell are people still attending this church when they haven't changed at all? And, like, how many women because need to be people, thrown under the bus before any of you people care? Because we're taught as a society that women being uncomfortable is just the cost of doing business, and they're not going to ruffle feathers over it. Like, that's what we've decided as a, com- as a country, <sighs> as a society. So, yeah. yeah, of course, they're still going to go to their church because it didn't affect them personally. They're, and the people who it did affect, maybe they're asking for it. I've heard she's slutty. Like, yeah. the, the they two men excuses for the rest of their lives and the will. Two men on stage did not talk about the victims. Oh. They talked about him, of course. Um, there were people who were commenting on this video online, and they were like, I made it 30 seconds before I had to turn it off. They started out by joking. The crowd laughed at the response. Then they joked about a senior leader who was on staff during when Hybels was there. So, like, come up on stage and answer this question for, ha we're just joking. You could stay. It would be you uncomfortable for you. We'd hate for you to be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, it's, here's a church that is supposed, I mean, they're supposed to be good at this. They are the standard bearers in the evangelical community, mm-hmm. and they suck at this thing that they've been thrust in the spotlight for. And if you can't count on a church like this with all the resources and money, and supposedly, like, when you're looking for leadership, a church like this has its pick of pretty much any pastor in the country, Mm -hmm. you know? It's that type of a job. And they found these guys who are like, women? Eh, Who cares? Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't want to be mean to the guy who assaulted one of them, like, at least one. Um, it's just... It's a nightmare. It's just a nightmare that I'm never going to wake up from. Like, just people so deeply don't give a fuck about women. It's so sad. The Titanic sunk. The new captain is not going to help you. Everyone just needs to get the hell out of there. Right. I don't know. (sighs) Let's talk about the Tennessee hat shop owner. Was that just this week? That was this week. Oh, my... Who is this person? So there's a company called Hatworks, spelled in a weird way. W-E-R-K-Z, right? Uh, W-R-K-S. That's worse. Is something. Yeah, but she posted on Instagram from the shop's Instagram page. The owner uh, is wearing a smile on her face with the Star of David yellow star. Looks like it's made of, I don't know, felt or something. Yeah. And it says <laughs> might not have used in the early 20th century. Which she's making a case like Jews were forced to wear stars in Nazi Germany, mm-hmm. she's wearing a star. It says, not vaccinated. Um, proud of it. Who and saying that if you're making, if you're making me say I'm vaccinated, that's like, I don't know, forcing something, Jews, Holocaust, something. I'm just like the Jews because yeah. I have to tell you I am vaccinated or something. I'm a I, white small business owner. I had it the hardest. No, this sucks. This fucking blows. I'm so angry. 
How are people so fucking terrible? Why are people so desperate to be oppressed? Why do they want to be oppressed so badly? Like literally making that, selling it for money is not the same thing as Nazis forcing a group of people to self-identify so they can be shitty to them. I think they called it a gold star and it's like the Nazis didn't give Jews gold stars to reward them. (laughs) Um, She, uh, Gigi Gaskins is her name. She posted on Instagram later, in no way, in all caps, did I intend to trivialize the star of David or or disrespect what happened to millions of people? That is not who I am and what I stand for. My intent was not to exploit or make a profit. My hope was to share my genuine concern and fear and to do all that I can I can to make sure that nothing like that ever happens again. Like all what? Like get vaccinated? Vaccinating people is the same as rounding them up to be exterminated? That mm, feels honestly feels like the opposite to me. It sounds like we're trying to save lives instead of destroy an entire race of people. I mean, she basically compared the government's push to vaccinate people to fascism. That's, that's it. Do they know what fascism By the way, is? No. Ask them to define it, if anyone says it. Uh-huh. Same thing with wokeness, same thing with uh, yeah. critical race theory. If they bring it out, just ask them to define it. It'll be glorious. Okay. Um, the store owner, by the Sounds way, fun. was also at the Capitol on January 6th. <laughs> oh, you don't fucking say, Hammett. Uh-huh. Look how shocked I am. Describe how shocked my face is. It, it looks, uh, you're, you're giving me a death stare. <laughs> I hate this person. I think she's terrible. I think... My favorite thing is Ugh. that the, like, it's, ha- it's a very specific niche, niche for, like, what she sells. And, like, Stetson, the hat company, mm. is like, yeah, we're not going to let you sell our stuff. And, like, I think other companies are like, yeah, we're not going to give you our hats. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe is... she still uses mercury to make her hats, and she's mad as a hatter. Oh, that's that's good. That was it. That was horrible. No, listen. It was a historically accurate joke <laughs> about how hatters used to use mercury to make their hats. They all went insane because mercury is terrible. It was historically accurate, Hemet, and you will laugh at it. Ha. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, Russell Moore... We've talked about him before. Another one of those guys well-known in certain Christian circles and not that much outside of it. But basically, this is uh, the biggest Protestant denomination in the country is the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm -hmm. And he runs the Southern Baptist Convention's Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. He is a leader among the Southern Baptists. Their Ethics Committee, I bet that's fun. Yeah, talk about the sexual abuse within the SBC. But the strange thing is he's been one of the more outspoken never Trumpers over the past several years. Like, and he stuck to that. Cool. He's actually been very outspoken against Trump, against the hypocrisy mm-hmm. of Christians who are like, this guy's our new savior. Mm-hmm. He's asked Trump, he's called on Trump to resign. Not that he's well aware. No one cares what he thinks, sure. but he's like, Trump should resign. He said, I would vote for Trump's second impeachment if I were in office right now at that time. Um, and so that made him, not just an anomaly among Southern Baptists. It was definitely weird from Southern Baptist leadership. Sure. Um, and that put him at odds with the leadership for a long time. So just to be clear, he is not a hero. Mm-hmm. This is the point I want to make with this guy. He is still anti-LGBTQ. He still mm-hmm. thinks women should be forced to give birth against their will. Mm-hmm. He still thinks like he has um, some heart 
for Trump voters who voted their conscience. Mm. I don't buy that. I mean, these are bad people if you're voting for Trump. You mm-hmm. are not a good person. Yeah, I don't care what justification you have. I know what doesn't matter to you. Right, right, <laughs> right? exactly. <laughs> and exactly. so this guy's like, oh, you voted for him despite all the racism? You might be fine. Uh, so yeah. like, no, what's wrong with you? So like, not a hero. Right. He's just like, Trump is bad though yeah so yes i will give you that i wish you were that good on everything else Mm -hmm. so last month he announced he's stepping down from his position and he's taking up a job with the magazine christianity today where he's doing some sort of like uh project theology project i don't care but he's working he's stepping down theology projects Um, it's the same book you could spell god in different ways (laughs) um so he's joining christianity today which i don't care about it's the he's stepping down from the sbc Mm -hmm. which is i don't know if that's a good or bad thing because that's not good when one of the only voices of kind of reason decides i can't be around these people anymore and he's gonna leave yeah so like, oh, the sec- Southern Baptists are going to be worse off because they don't have this guy there. And so why <laughs> is he making that decision? Now, I think the general consensus when he announced he was leaving that position to mm-hmm. go to Christianity Today is it's probably all the Trumpiness and the fact that these yeah. people are still feeding into the lie that Trump won the election. Maybe it's all that stuff. Well, uh, There was a letter that he wrote to the Southern Baptist Convention leadership more than a year ago, and it was leaked this week by someone. It wasn't an open letter? It was like a literal... Not an open letter. A private letter to the SBC's leadership. And basically, it talked about what his concerns were and why he was very frustrated with the leadership. Sure. And it wasn't Trump. He wasn't... Like, he didn't even talk about that that much. His problem was sexual abuse and the way the the denomination was handling it or Mm -hmm. not handling it, because there was, you know, we've talked about um, what happens in the Catholic Church, obviously, but a couple years ago, we started getting a flood. I think the Houston Chronicle did a lot of work exposing people who were abused by Southern Baptist uh, pastors. Mm -hmm. And the thing about that is there's no hierarchy there. These are individual churches. There's no Pope of the Southern Baptist. So, like, the argument from the SBC is, well, what do you want us to do about it? These are individuals. We can't fire them. Yeah, like, we don't have it's that authority the, over them. Right. It's the church doing it. So part I mean, of it. they could be, those they churches could, kick could them be, out. yeah, disinvited. They've kicked be... out churches that allowed gay married members in the church. Mm. Like, mm. just months ago. So they ago. can do something. They can do something, and they weren't doing enough. So that was one of Moore's frustrations. He said, um... Most Trump supporters, this is more talking, most Trump supporters I met have been nothing but kind and encouraging to me, but the presenting issue here is first and foremost that of sexual abuse. So that was one of his concerns. Mm -hmm. At the same time, the other absolutely draining and unrelenting issue has been that of racial reconciliation. Basically, Southern Baptists are friggin' racist. Um, A lot of black pastors... Who are saying, listen, we need to acknowledge what the Southern Baptist Convention has done to make things really bad. Uh And we need to, uh, critical race theory is the terminology used by the critics here. They're like, they want to woke the Southern Baptist, whatever. And a lot of black pastors are like, no, we just want you to acknowledge like what the SBC did. We want to acknowledge what our role was as a Southern Baptist to make things worse in terms of racism. Mm -hmm. And basically a lot of those pastors are like, I'm not wanted here, so I'm quitting. I'm quitting the church. Mm -hmm. I'm leaving this denomination. I'm going elsewhere. So Moore brought that up. Here's one story he gave. 
more, this is from an article about this. He related how an SBC leader, Southern Baptist leader, questioned certain hires at the ethics religious liberty uh, commission that he runs. Mm -hmm. He hires people there too. Mm -hmm. And he said one of the leaders uh, challenged him on one of the hires because he thought someone was insufficiently Baptist. Quote, when I answered his concerns to his face, he said, I was really just concerned about that black girl, whether she's an egalitarian (gasps) instead of uh, saying like men and women have equal roles. Um, And Moore said, no, she's committed to complementarian theology. Men and women are different, separate but equal. Thank God. You know, they're equal in the eyes of God, but like women can't be church leaders, stuff like that. And Moore said, she accepts that. That's part of our teaching. She's not an egalitarian. When I asked, this is more talking, when I asked what possibly could lead him to think that a woman who has written complementarian articles for complementarian websites was an egalitarian, he responded, a lot of those black girls are. Suck my dick. Are you kidding? Yeah. So he writes that in the letter. And by the way, a day after that came out, they figured out the person who said it. I was about to ask. <laughs> and it was Paige Patterson, who we've talked about many times on this podcast, the guy of who... Of course! Um, Classic Paige! <laughs> this is a guy who basically joked about, like, uh, a sexual abuse. He ignored rape uh, attacks yeah. uh, stories when he was leading a seminary. Real He's good like... Guy. The epitome of everything wrong with the Southern Baptists, he's the guy that's like, you hired a black girl. Yeah, at least he said black and not something much, much worse. I guess so. So anyway, the the story here, though, is that Moore is leaving the Southern Baptist Convention, and according to this letter, he's bothered by their racism Mm -hmm. and their inability to handle their sexual abuse issues. Mm -hmm. Not the Trump stuff, which is the stuff he's kind of become known for. Right. Um, but also, I just want to make it clear, this is not a guy anyone should look up to, because he's also horrible in so many other ways. Right. I, I, to me, the Southern Baptist thing and the, the kind of police thing feel very similar, of like anybody who tried to offer a voice of reason or said, hey, maybe we shouldn't be murdering people or yeah. raping people, are summarily sort of made un- either made unwelcome or fired or just do not want to be a part of that machine anymore, and that's how it gets worse. Do you remember in the final weeks of the Trump administration, after no. the insurrection attack, there were like two weeks before the inauguration, <laughs> and in those two weeks, like a bunch of cabinet members like Betsy DeVos and Elaine oh, Cho, they, were so Chow, they all were like, that was the last straw. I am leaving. I want no part of this. And I'm it's leaving like four days early with pay, thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm and taking it's like, a long weekend before my next job starts. And the thing is like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, but you are not heroes here. Right, right. You were part of the problem for the entire time just because you're thinking this is my escape yeah, ramp. That's more rats <laughs> fleeing the ship yeah. than it is like a a pointed and moral step that's, down from. That's what I thought of when I saw Russell Moore like, I'm leaving the SBC oh, and this is so why. Brave. It's like, where were you? I mean, I don't care what you were doing internally. You still support all the anti-gay stuff. Right. You still support all the anti-woman stuff. Uh, like, I'm glad you're against the racism good start that's nice like you're not completely horrible i guess and you're not bothered enough by the trump supporters in the sbc so there's something but they were nice to him personally so how could they be mean to anybody else (laughs) that's how the world works (sighs) here's a story that's totally different from all this this is this took me by surprise a little bit there is uh one national atheist group in kenya which every time I see him in the news, it's it's like the leader like says anything mm-hmm. and that gets taken as some big headline news. And it's like, why is he in the news? He just said like, religion is wrong. Oh, Atheist okay. group leader says religion is wrong. It's Can like, you believe I don't, it? Can you believe these atheists don't know why don't that's like a religion? headline? 
So I always kind of roll my eyes whenever they're in the news. Like, tell me when you do something. Sure. And then I'll listen. And then here's the headline that I started seeing a lot of this week. One of their officers, a secretary of the atheists in Kenya. Okay. His name is, I think, Seth Mahiga. He, uh, here's the tweet put out by the Atheists in Kenya Society. This evening, regretfully, our secretary, Mr. Seth Mahiga, made the decision to resign from his position as secretary of our society. Mm -hmm. Seth's reason for resigning is that he has found Jesus Christ and is no longer interested in promoting atheism in Kenya. So, of course, okay, now you can see why this makes headlines. Of course and you know does. why ministries are like one of the leader atheists yeah. is, has converted, first of all, like, this is a guy who basically volunteered for an open spot yeah. for a group that has like, I don't know, a handful of members. Yeah. He's not the, the leader. You, if Dawkins decided <laughs> to become a Christian, I get the headlines. This guy, I promise you. Yeah, but I mean, we also do the same thing on the other side. This Christian pastor. So, okay. I want to oh, address oh, that. Oh, I, oh, yes, oh. That is the fair question. Like, I don't mind them saying, okay, he converted and that's interesting, uh -huh, isn't it? That's a good it? story. Um, here's what I want to point out. So I'm just saying, he's not, I don't think he's the equivalent of like a pastor who changes or a guy who is a well-known figure in like Christian rock and who sure. decides to step away. I promised you no one was listening carefully. I'm not trying to dismiss him or anything. Right. I'm saying like, he doesn't have the clout. I think a lot of people sure. think he does, but that's fine. I think it's, it's an interesting thing for an atheist in any leadership position at an organization to say, I have found God and I'm leaving. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's further, I don't know, complicated is the right word, but made in, has layers because I think atheism in Africa is a really yeah, different, different beast altogether. Yeah. Especially considering colonialism and how we just love to send white people with Bibles uh -huh. over there. Here's the part I found most interesting. They issued a press release. Okay. Uh, this is from Harrison Mumia, who is the president of their group. Okay. Like, if he said, I found Jesus, I think that would actually... He's been outspoken as an atheist for a long time. Mm -hmm. That would be a different story for me. Mm -hmm. The secretary of the group that no one was listening to, mm -hmm. I don't think that's a big deal. But here's what uh, Harrison wrote in this press release. This is what I found interesting. Uh, we wish Seth... After explaining that he's leaving because he found Jesus. We wish Seth all the best in his newfound relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh. We thank him for having served the society with dedication over the last one and a half years. The position oh, of he was the, only in for one and a half years? Yeah, it was oh, only. Okay. The position of the Secretary of the Society has been rendered vacant. We are calling upon Kenyan atheists who wish to join our executive committee to send their CVs to us here. All right, oh. fine. But look at that. Like Very nice, very kind, yeah. very chill. He was nice to us. He did his job well mm -hmm. for a year and a half while he was with us. We wish him the best. That is something that when a Christian or a pastor yeah. or a, a rock star, whatever, decides to step away, sure. that is not the wording I mm -hmm. have heard from so many Christians who speak out about those people leaving. They're like, oh man, I don't know what the bad influence was. Yeah. I hope he comes back. Like oh, it's I never watching porn ones. That's probably the problem. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just a very, yeah, we accept that this is the reason he's leaving. We, we're not trashing him for that. Right. Like, and you if, have it in front of you. He yeah. doesn't say like, in spite of our differences or even though we Nothing. disagree, which I, I feel like that is a thing that people always slip in like, if they're giving you a compliment and they have yeah. to like make sure they slip there, in one little like there jab. is no backhanded anything yeah, it, here. It's, it's, it's very a, much like, all right, I guess he did. It's the same. <laughs> it's the literal the same like email I get if somebody like leaves a company that I work for. Of like, so and so is no longer with the company. We wish them the best. They're moving on to X Y Z. 
if anyone wants this job, it's open. Like, yeah, it was just a you standard, don't have to, yeah. not mean. It wasn't cruel. It, and it wasn't mocking him. It wasn't trashing his decision. Absolutely. Um, and I found that interesting. And I mean, that's kind of all you can hope for. That's exactly the way I would have hoped they right. handle this. I wish, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I would love to know from anyone listening, if you know someone who left a church and like the church issued a statement about that person leaving, maybe because they were in leadership somehow. Mm -hmm. Does anyone know if any church has said like, yep, they don't believe in God anymore. We still love them. We wish them the best. And that's it. We appreciate everything they did for us. Like, I can't remember seeing a lot of that or any of that. I can't either, but also there's a good confirmation bias in there that like, if we didn't talk about it, it, like if it wasn't backhanded, we might not have talked about it on the podcast, Mm. so we wouldn't have heard of it. Yeah, that's... Yeah, trying to be fair and balanced like Fox News. <laughs> uh, wh- this is this is interesting, and I don't know how this ends. There's a guy named Rick Wiles. We don't talk about him on this show that much because there's nothing to talk about. He's a bigot. Like okay. he just says there's horrible many of things. Those. Yeah, uh, he's a right wing guy. He's an anti semite. Just hates Jews with a passion. Um, he's been spreading conspiracy theories about Such COVID. Weird thing yeah. to be passionate about. Uh, among other things, he said Bill Gates used the vaccine to impose the mark of the beast. That Fauci should be tortured until he confesses that he created the virus. Oh, um, remember oh. this is. I didn't know we thought Fauci started the virus. Yep, he said that. I thought it's he true, just therefore. was a socialist monster uh-huh. or something. Uh, remember, there was an Orthodox Jewish wedding in New York City that, like, they packed thousands of people without masks or social distancing inside a building, and it was like were. the visual of that uh-huh. was like, oh my god, this hurts to watch. So stressful. He was like, I like what they're doing. I will pay the fine that New York City has imposed upon them. And then, here's, I think this is key. He said the vaccines were part of a genocidal plot, but it was fine, since, quote, stupid people will be killed off. Well, guess who has COVID? You? Rick Wiles has COVID. (laughs) Oh, by the way, there was a lawyer who died of COVID who had advocated for LGBTQ rights. Rick Wiles celebrated that and said it was proof of God's judgment. And then this past week... Imagine um, being such a terrible person. I, I can imagine it. I wouldn't do it. But True News, which is his little out ministry, they were like, we're experiencing a sudden cluster of flu and COVID among some employees and their relatives. Flu? Yeah. Um, Who has the flu? Er- Rick flu Wiles. is so 2019. Yeah. Rick Wiles made the decision tonight to close the office and studios until a TBA date next week. And then like days later, urgent request. Please be praying for requiles right now. There's something that makes me laugh very hard about, like, we need you to urgently pray. Pray now. Otherwise, God's going it's, it's like clapping for Tinkerbell. You have to keep <laughs> clapping or he's going to die. You have to keep praying. Hurry, hurry. All uh, right, go ahead. They also put out a thing. Rick is asking for urgent prayer, especially for him and Susan, his wife. Rick is very weak. However, his fever has ended and he has no respiratory issues. His fatigue is the main concern. I do believe in fairies. I do, I I do, I do. It sounds like from what I've heard, he seems to be on the mend. He seems to be doing okay, but there may be other staffers who are not doing as well. Mm, Sure. I have not heard of any deaths affiliated with his ministry. But so it's not exactly the I told you so moment. Mm Mm-hmm. But this is a guy who has told his audience not to get vaccinated because it would be the worst thing ever and that it's part of a plan to kill stupid people. The vaccines are. And then this happened. It's worth paying attention to. Yeah. Just to see what happens. People don't pay attention to fucking 
science, they die yeah. or get sick or whatever. Like, wash your hands. It's not it's rocket not science anymore. I wonder how many of these people, like Greg Locke and Rick Wiles and all the other anti-vaccine types, like, got vaccinated, just didn't tell anybody. Because I wouldn't put it past a yeah. lot of them. No, I feel the same way. I'm, I'm curious about, like, it's legally none of my business, but I do really want to know. Yeah. If they had a star, we would know. Um, <laughs> oh, gross. gross. There's... Okay, one last story. This is disturbing. Uh, in Canada, they used to have this system of what they called residential schools, which, uh, using a description I found elsewhere, they were basically designed to replace indigenous values, beliefs, and understandings of the world with those of the European colonizers. Like, imagine these people take over these communities, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, hello, natives. Come to our schools, these Catholic schools. We'll teach you the right way to think mm-hmm. and act and all that. Mm-hmm. Total, like, it's having a reckoning now, in part because that's not okay. What are you doing? And the Catholic Church was a big part of this. Uh-huh. Some people have called those schools a form of cultural genocide. Mm-hmm. And they also, I mean, these schools were meant to take these indigenous people and convert them to Christianity. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the point. Um, and here's the thing. The last government-funded residential school in Canada didn't close until 96. Like, this is recent. There are people alive today who went to these schools and yeah. can talk about it. Here's why this is in the news now, though. On Thursday, uh, this, this was of last week, on the grounds of one of those residential schools in British Columbia which did not close until 1969, the First Nation tribe has been doing research into that school itself Mm -hmm. and, like, the grounds of that school. And they said that radar analysis of the ground that that school sits on uncovered the remains of 215 children who were buried there. These are kids who were sent to these schools, presumably, were malnourished, were not treated well, because why do we need to care about them? Because they're not us. Do they have any kind of cause of death? Um, I I don't know if they'll they'll be able to figure that out, but they have stories about what happened at these schools. Sure, yeah. Some of these, I mean, the article said as young as three, which means many of them were older. Jesus Christ. So basically, to be blunt about it, Members of the First Nation tribe were taken to these schools by the Catholic Church to be indoctrinated. Yeah. Students were malnourished and abused, according to what a lot of the students who have attended these schools have mm-hmm. said. Many were sick. These schools were unsanitary. And rather than treat them and help them, a lot of these schools left the kids for dead. And apparently they were unceremoniously buried, too. Um, we've heard similar things about like Magdalene kitchens in Ireland mm-hmm. and basically like, yes, Catholic church is here to help these single women with babies because, mm-hmm. you know, they can't fend for themselves and, they and can't then be with their family if they're pregnant. Of course not. And then the babies die and the women die and like they just toss them aside. Mm-hmm. They don't care. Um, one of the tribe members recalls how he and other students, he attended this school, this one in particular from 1966 to 1968, right before they closed. He recalls how he and other students would wonder what had happened to some of their peers who stopped showing up to class. He remembers one particular instance when they assumed a classmate had run away and made it home. We never knew, quote, we never knew, nor did we question. And one day, what I recall is somebody said he died, and we left it at that. And they didn't know. They didn't and this know. is in the 60s? In the 60s. Um, and the church took these bodies and buried them under the school just in a, like a heap. 
Um, Doesn't I should... that say so much more about what religion is to people than anything else? Yeah. Then like, and this you is don't just, believe everybody is sacred. This is one school right. that they did this analysis right. on. How many more schools, how many more bodies are there to be like excavated? Right. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau tweeted that the news was a, quote, painful reminder of that dark and shameful chapter of our country's history. Mm-hmm. Um the premier of the province said it's a tragedy of unimaginable proportions and it is a stark example of the violence the Canadian residential school system inflicted upon indigenous peoples. Um, There are calls, I should say, uh, there are like committees designed to deal with how do we, how do we move past this kind of like reparations committees in the U S or something. And they said the uncovering of the burial site highlights the need for government leaders to act on the commission's call to action including the creation of a residential school's national monument in Ottawa and the creation of a statutory holiday, Hmm. the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, Hmm. to honor survivors and victims. So those to me are symbolic more than anything, but like we still don't have a body count. Sure. That is totally full. By the way, Pope Francis said in 2018, Pope Francis said in 2018, he's not going to apologize for the church's role in these schools. Um, I don't remember his reasoning like we had nothing to do with it or like we didn't mm-hmm. say to do this or whatever, but like he's not taking any responsibility, like right. not even doing the bare minimum. No one's saying you, the Pope did any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, oh, no, no, nothing. Yeah. Um, Indian residential schools are an extraordinarily <clears throat> dark period in, in, in world history and North American history and it's so, the thing that sucks so hard about it, everything about it sucks, but these these people, these Canadians having in America too would kidnap kids from their families. They had a family. It's not like they found them on the street. They would take them away and essentially destroy any remnant of their culture, which is destroying entire swaths of culture. And then we, as... White people, not you, you're excused, have the audacity to have rumors about, like, oh, Native Americans are going to come kidnap your white kid. Like, the movie, have you ever seen the movie The Searchers? No. Okay. It's a John Wayne movie, and it's like, I think it's John Wayne. John Wayne's, like, daughter, Natalie Wood, was kidnapped by Native Americans, and we have to get them back because those rascally Native Americans are, like, we just not only decimated their culture, then turned it around and, like, basically set, accused them of doing the same thing we did to them. One person, uh, said in a comment thread, like, they weren't just mal- malnourished. They were subject to medical experimentation. No. I don't know if, I don't know how true that is. That doesn't surprise me. Um, but again, it's just the lack of concern about their welfare, their right. well-being. And and what do you do at this point? Other than we got to at least understand the extent of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is one school where they actually tried directly to figure out what's buried underneath here. Right. That isn't the case at every school yet. Like, they need to figure out how many lives were lost as yeah. a result. And what do we do for their families? What yeah. do we, who's responsible for this? How well, do we make sure it doesn't happen again? And this kind of thing is still happening with, you know, missing and murdered Indigenous women, especially in Canada. It's a huge problem that women are just disappearing, being kidnapped, being murdered, and just nobody cares. And this is a thing that people in North America have done to native inhabitants for as long as we have been here and it's still going on. And 
it's fucking tragic. It's really Solid genuinely guy. sad. Um, I just want to quickly, before we go, I know you had to bounce. Um, I want to talk about Paxton Smith, who is the valedictorian oh, in yeah. Texas. Yeah. Who, um, she, uh, if you haven't seen this video yet, I recommend you watch it. She was valedictorian. She was making a speech at her, at her graduation, as valedictorians are wont to do. And she scrapped what she was going to say, which was going to be about, like, social media and shit like that, like another seemingly insightful speech and decided to address the anti, uh, anti-choice legislation that had just passed in Texas that it's, that she's um, the valedictorian who has all this promise in front of mm-hmm. her. And yet if she were to get pregnant or yeah. raped, I think she said, so yeah, I actually want to read. Yeah, please. Um, so she kind of, she, it's genuinely, this young woman is 18 is is as well written and well read a an argument for you know abortion rights as any I've ever read. I thought she was measured and sincere and all of that. So I want to read uh, part of it. I have dreams and hopes and ambitions. Every girl graduating today does, and we've spent our entire lives working toward our future. And without our input and without our consent, our control over that future has been stripped away from us. I'm terrified that if my contraceptives fail, I'm terrified that if I'm raped, then my hopes and aspirations and dreams and efforts for my future will no longer matter. I hope you can feel how gut-wrenching that is. I hope you can feel how dehumanizing it is to have the autonomy over your body taken away from you. And I'm talking about this today on a day as important as this, on a day honoring 12 years of hard academic work, on a day we are all gathered together, on a day where you are most inclined to listen to a voice like mine, a woman's voice, to tell you that this is the problem, and it's a problem that cannot wait. Like, what the fuck? This girl's going to be president. I rem- there was or a, tweet, a speechwriter. There was a tweet that went out to her, like, uh, from the head of a group called Run for Something that tries to get people I to run. That. It's like, hey, we're right here when you're ready. <laughs> you're, you're on duck. Come on down. You're, you're 18, right? Um, here's one thing I was curious about. Uh, there's... I think we talked about this last week. There's a few different places where Christian groups are arguing that students who speak at graduation should be allowed to talk about their faith. Mm -hmm. And generally the rule is if students don't have to submit their speeches ahead of time and they're just on stage and they happen to talk about Jesus, like no one's going to hold the district accountable for that. Mm -hmm. But if you have to submit your speech ahead of time, which it may have been what this girl had to do. She submitted submitted a different speech. Mm -hmm. It was a pre-approved speech and and then she swapped it out. And that's the key. It was pre-approved. Like if the district looks at it, Mm -hmm. they're responsible for the contents now. And the issue has been like, well, a student submitted a speech where she promotes Christianity and the district says you got to change it. Like, that is what the district has to do. Right. And here's the thing, the reason I bring that up. If she said this, I have not heard of any of these right-wing Christian groups defend what she did, even though they disagree with the content, because that's kind of what they're asking Christian students to get away with. Like, we want you to preach Christianity at graduation, Mm -hmm. or at least you should be, no one should stop you from doing it. Mm -hmm. And there's a way around that. Right. Again, if the school says we're not going to look at your speeches, you open yourself up to a ton of these speeches Mm -hmm. and you're not going to like everything everyone says. Yeah. It's the risk you want to take. If the school wants to control what's being said, then some censorship may happen. Mm -hmm. You got to deal with that. But I was looking, is, are any of these Christian groups saying, all right, she has a right to say that. I mean, we disagree. I I haven't, I haven't seen any of them defend her. No. Yeah, well, they don't tend to defend people no. who 
murder babies with yeah. abandon the way she said she does constantly yes. every day, every month. I, those groups also haven't spoken out against these residential schools. <sighs> okay. Is All that right. It? Where do we find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter at Jess Bloomke. You can also order a custom cross stitch from me at Bitches Get Stitch Done on Etsy. I actually have a ton of orders right now, so I'm still taking them, but I appreciate a lot of people have reached out in the last couple of weeks, and I very much appreciate that. Uh, Hemet, where can we find you? I am at uh, Hemet Meta on Twitter. Go to friendlyatheist.com. Please go to patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast to support this show. We have a Facebook group that is private for anyone interested in discussing the episodes or just mocking us. It's cool. That's fair. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you. Wait, wait. Yep, sorry. Yep, so yep, sorry. Yep, yep. Um, oh, my God. Next Friday. the oh, Shut up. Next Friday, the 11th, <laughs> I'm going to be on Truth Wanted, um, which is in another ACA uh, live uh, thing. It's at 6 p.m. Central. Um, I'll tweet about it and I'll drop it in the group if anybody wants to find a link to maybe in on a different thing. You can see my weird face. All right. We'll All right. see you next time. Bye.